Getting split Getting ready. split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife. God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. All right, welcome everybody to Getting Split Ready, our August show. Oh, is it August? No, July. Is it July or August? This is this our July show? July. July. Look at because we're right on the cusp of August. I'm a, I'm a mortgage guy, so I always think about the month ahead. Um, but this is our safety show. We're going to talk about four aspects of safety during divorce and separation: physical safety and security, internet safety and security, mental safety, and monetary financial safety. Our guests on our panel today, again, great guests, Angeline Schuler, um, master's in social work and licensed, I always forget this is licensed certified social worker. Clinical. Right? Clinical, God dang it, I always get that wrong. I write down the acronyms and I forget them. I'm as bad as our president. Um, <laughs> and the clinical director of New Vista Behavioral Health. But so we're gonna shift gears and move over and talk a little bit about mental safety because you deal with high conflicts. So I think it's, I hate to say people at their worst, but I think, I think more people are starting to understand that not through divorce, but through COVID and that stress really moves you more toward that lizard brain moves you more toward reacting and not responding as I talked about before. And it can get you in a bad state of mind. So what, talk a little bit about mental, mental safety, like keeping yourself sane. Oh, we lost you. Are you on mute? I'm muted. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. there we go. Okay, there's a lot to that. Um, one of the things, obviously, like you said, with stress is that we see statistics wise, the more stress that there is within a family system, the more likelihood there is of things like child abuse. Um, when, you know, obviously the economy and all of the financial concerns that have come along with everything changing, it's no wonder that we're actually seeing flooding in the courts right now when it comes to filing cases of divorce. Like I know I'm getting eight to 10 calls a week um, with people who are being referred because of divorce and it's, it's been absolutely crazy since the courts. Are is that more, is that because of the COVID-19 stuff? Well, part of it's because the courts were kind of shut down. And then they open back up again. But I mean, you could also, I mean, there'll eventually be some research on it, I'm sure, to say how much of this being quarantined with their partners and all of the additional stress with the finances and everything have led to more filings. And so the belief is that there is more filings now than there was pre-COVID-19. But um, divorce filings tend to have come in waves anyways. So we'll see how it plays out um, overall with the statistics. But the point is realizing that um, or one of the things I wanted to say with mental safety is usually there's two um, people in a divorce and this isn't always every case, but usually there's the person initiating the divorce and then there's the person being divorced. And the part of mental safety depends on which person you are. And so if you're the person initiating the divorce, you're going to need to have another possible strategy plan than the person who is being divorced. Um, so would you agree with that? That's been your guys' experience that you've seen that as a theme? That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think from a mediation perspective, I mean, I've seen people who are sort of mutual and, and but I, I think a, we, don't, we don't deal with high conflict as much. Uh, and, 
you know, so it may, it, I, I see less of it, I think, but again, I'm on the fringe because I do really mediation focused on the real estate piece. So I'm kind of brought in to co-mediate and help out with that stuff. But, uh, you know, I think, Mariah, you said that kind of tracks, no? Yeah, that's the norm. So for the person who is initiating the divorce, oftentimes you're going to get a lot of resistance from the family system. And that could be your own children, obviously your spouse, um, and all extended family as well. Um, you may be accused of being a horrible person or being selfish because you're doing what you feel that you know that you need to do. Like this is just where you're at and you're done. And holding that line can be very difficult, especially, again, I know I work with the extremes, but I do a lot of parent-child contact issues where the children are rejecting the parent. And oftentimes that's because the child has aligned with the parent that's left and is punishing that parent for trying to leave the family system. Um, and so just lots of um, things there. But for that person who is the person leaving the marriage, um, again, identifying who are your key people, who are your core people, people that you know are not going to run back and talk to your ex or anyone on his side that's going to cause to stir drama, um, who are people that you can count on. And again, going back to what you guys were talking about, don't blast your personal information on the internet. Um, don't, you know, say negative things about your divorce or the other person on the internet. Um, don't over-involve the police in things that aren't necessary to involve them in. So again, I, I get that I work with the extreme, but um, going back to that mental safety piece with those individuals, you're going to want to um, really just almost insulate yourself throughout the divorce process while the other person gets up to speed to where you are. Are you ever, ever able to like redirect them in terms of, you know, there's a lot of energy, right? Whether it's good, bad, whatever, there's, there's energy kind of created through that, but redirecting to where it can be somewhat to, constructive instead of destructive? Are you, are you able to successfully do that ever? Of course. Um, it just, it, it depends on the level that they come in with of energy and, you know, where people are at again in the process. It is a process. Oftentimes the person who's initiating the divorce has already processed through all these feelings and the person who's being divorced may just be at the very beginning line of starting to process through those feelings. You work with both spouses a lot? Oh yeah. All the time. Oh wow. Okay. Do you ever set up like ground rules? to maintain that mental, that mental safety, like the, 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 you know, so that they know what's appropriate because they forget, right? Absolutely. And so um, obviously when you're in a marriage, um, things are very different than when you're divorcing and shifting just the idea of those roles can be very difficult for individuals because they'll continue to almost resume matrimony when they're in this breakup process. And it just causes a lot of confusion. And so, um, depending on the level of conflict of the, the parents, like sometimes we'll have, or the families, um, sometimes we'll have it to where they really don't communicate with each other, but through an app or very professional communication. Um, it, just having professional oversight of their communications at times if necessary, um, just to make sure that it doesn't go um, sideways. <laughs> you had mentioned to making sure you find your core people. I think it's important to recognize when you're going through a divorce, that your soon-to-be ex-spouse may not be the only toxic person in your life. And oh, yeah. Friends who are going to be good sounding boards, and there are going to be the friends who thrive on drama, who are going to really make matters worse, and having the cognizance and the ability to identify. So they may be a lot of fun to, like, chit-chat with on the softball field at the kids' game, but they're not going to be your confidant during this very difficult emotional process. Absolutely. 
um, I, I've said a couple times, there's four different kinds of divorce and we all know there's the legal side. We all know there's the emotional side, there's the financial side, but the social divorce, I think takes people by surprise. And you had talked about it earlier that you're not going to keep all your friends. Yeah. You're probably not going to stay best friends with your soon to be ex's sister. I mean, it does happen, but it's not the norm. Um, talk about how to maybe make a plan to build in new norms or build in new processes when it's really hard. It is really hard. And I think one of the things um, that I found very beneficial when I went through my own high conflict divorce was I developed a new support system of people who were also going through divorce. Mm -hmm. And so I um, availed myself of something at the time called divorce care, which is through the churches um, because I, that's kind of aligned with my values. And um, actually went twice, <laughs> went to two sessions of it. Once. Yeah, a lot of people do. And it was, it was so helpful. I have developed friendships out of that group and out of that time period with people going through the same stuff as I was going through that I will have for the rest of my life. And um, it was helpful because then my other friends, I wasn't exacerbating them with all the stuff from my divorce because you can only hear it so many times and you get stuck in things and then it just drains everyone around you, especially when they're going on with their normal lives where they're not going through the same crisis as you are. And so um, I know like we started a free divorce group at my um, facility that we have on Sunday nights at seven um, and just finding some kind of place where you can get together with other people who are going through the same thing can be very, very helpful in the growth process. Now, I have a question. Like a lot of this, it seems like, is about awareness, right? Like, and recognition. How do you help people recognize those feelings and, and sort of deal with them the right way, as opposed to like just having this big ball of angst? Well, oftentimes we have to look at this is going to sound very therapy like, but we have to look at the core values of what their beliefs were around marriage. And we have to go back to when did those values start? Even in childhood, what were the thoughts that they had surrounding marriage? Like I'll get people who are really angsty when they believe that divorce is unacceptable. Divorce is never an option. And then the other person is divorcing them. And so then we have to go back to, well, where did you develop this belief? And then we have to start kind of poking holes at it. And we have to get them to do the work to shift their thinking and if anything, we have to talk about control versus love. You know, are you wanting to be with this person because you love them or because you want to be in control of them? If they're asking to be set free, then is that love? And then once we can get them there, a lot of times the angst will, will go down. But that, was good. that was very therapy-like, but you're a therapist, so we allow that. That's why we had you on the show. Um, what about kids? Uh, you know, we're really talking about the spouses, um, but mental safety... You know, again, the physical safety and stuff we're talking about really centers around the, the, the divorcing parties. But the kids are pretty vulnerable during these times. Absolutely. And I think the, the hardest thing is that sometimes parents, and particularly more immature parents, want to uh, convince or win over their kids or, you know, make the kids side against the other parent, even though it may not be intentional. It's just natural. And we have to be very, very mindful as parents not to talk negatively not to make any comments of any kind that could be even perceived negatively about our other parent. We have to just know that we have to shield them because it's in their best interest. And we have kids, especially teenagers, they want to know everything. They feel like they, they have the right to know everything, but we still need to realize that developmentally, they're not mature enough to understand the complexities of the situation. So, and it's so you shouldn't go to them for the technical support like that Joe is giving in terms of, <laughs> hey, what app should I be using during divorce? They know, I'll tell you, at this point, I thought I knew technology. They know technology. So 
My guess is they're not, but probably not the appropriate uh, tech support. I was just having this conversation um, with someone the other day, Angeline. Uh, pretty amicable divorce. They've got two kids, 11 and 14. And I suggested therapy for the kids. I suggest therapy for the kids in every situation. And they're like, well, why? We get along. I was like, yeah. But even in the like happiest, best you know scenario where you do get along, they can't come to you and complain about dad or they can't go to dad and complain about mom because there's a divisiveness that wasn't there before and you give them their own person. Is there any situation that you can think of that for kids going through a divorce, it wouldn't benefit them to have at least a little bit of, of therapy and their own person to talk to? I know you're probably biased, which is why I'm asking this question, but I really, I can't think it could hurt. Um, if they're under the age of five, um, you know, you have to understand the difference between adult therapy and children's therapy. So like we have a um, therapist here that's designated to work with just children and they do a lot of play therapy and um, they'll just play guess who and the kid will talk about like their beliefs or their week and as things come up, then the therapist can be attuned in it and kind of be like, oh, where'd you get that thought from? And then they could talk about maybe having two houses or things like that. Um, but under five, it's really not appropriate unless the child is acting out. Um, and then if the child's acting out, what we do is a type of therapy where we talk to both parents and we get what is the child's behaviors. And then we work with both parents on how to target those behaviors consistently in both homes. And we have them keep a log, a journal that they have to bring in and be accountable to us for. And it's amazing that usually within three to four weeks, the kid's doing great because they got the parents on board and on the same page. No surprise. Well, thank you. If people want to get hold of you, uh, on any level, right? Because you do therapy beyond divorce too, right? I do. What's the best way to get hold of you? Um, I'm at New Vista Behavioral Health. We're located in Maryville, Indiana. Um, our phone number is 219-484-2143. If you press extension one, that goes to my answering services 24-7. Um, they will get us the message and then I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Now, where can people find information? You had mentioned events, support groups, things like that. Is all that information on your website? Yes, and our Facebook page. It's New Vista Behavioral Health of Northwest Indiana. Okay. And then it's um, www.newvistanwi.com.